Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast, a show dedicated to the crazy world of mixed martial arts. Join your hosts, Laurel, Ty, and Jordan, as they break down all the latest and biggest news and bouts. This is the one podcast that will never let the fight go to the judges. Live from your favorite podcast listening device, it's time! Hey, FKTC crew, we're back with another episode of the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. This episode is brought to you by a potential threat to the women's flyweight queen. Jordan has been telling me for weeks that Aaron Blanchfield could be the threat to Valentina Shevchenko's title reign. And from what we saw on Saturday, I think Jordan's got a good case for this one. Yep, the flyweight champ did her case. She did her her usual, defeating Jessica Andrade like if it was nothing. <laughs> Who would have thought? Just me. Who would have thought? <laughs> not, not I. I didn't think that. Man, it was just the way, the way she did it. The way mm-hmm. she did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I was like, oh, you know what? I, like, I, there's there was just something that was like, I feel like Blanchfield's going to do something in this one. And surprise, I think a lot of people picked Andrage, um, especially like listening to all the other MMA podcasts and seeing everyone's. I think almost everyone on Twitter picked Andrage when that fight. And I think Jordan and you and I might be one of the only ones that picked Blanchfield to win. Well, and not to, you know, keep on rubbing in other people's faces, but on verdict, I did pick Blanchfield second round submission. So <laughs> I'm not saying I did something good, but you know, just, saying. just saying. Accurate prediction. Just saying. <laughs> it was a good fight. was a very good fight. In all seriousness, no, like I picked Blanchfield to win, but who would have thought she would have won the way she won? I mean, oh, yeah. to do that to Jessica mm-hmm. Andrade is something special. No mm-hmm. one has ever done that to her. And she made it look not relatively easy. She got hit a couple of times, but I mean, no one has done that to Andrade, like I said. So mm-hmm. it's pretty scary for that division. Yeah. And especially seeing what Andrade did just a month ago, like it's like, oh, this, like, I think that's pretty much what everyone is basing it off of but man when when that's it just took off and boom like by the time you blinked it was over mostly i mean she was literally better in every aspect of the fight even striking like Mm -hmm. she hurt her multiple times yep and this was and this only went to the second round only it was only two rounds of the fight so i mean her striking looked on point her grappling was on point like always uh, she hit. I mean, she landed at a somewhat of a high rate. She landed at forty-two percent of her significant strikes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she she looked really good, really really good. Yeah, I think there were only ninety-seven seconds into the second round when it was all done. So it's, I was like, I was thinking like maybe this would go into the like if there was going to be a finish, it'd be in the championship in the main event rounds. But yeah. the fact that she got her out of there in less than seven minutes is re- insane. I don't think she had 
Andrade actually hadn't been finished that quickly since Zhang Weili finished her in, I think, four minutes, if I'm not mistaken. It actually might have been shorter than that, honestly. I mean, and Valentina didn't finish her that quickly either. I mean, and I saw that fight in person in Jacksonville. I mean, yep. it, it took a while for Valentina to get her way. So who mm-hmm. knows? Shall see. What are your thoughts on this fight? Get your jits on. Oh, I love the fight. I mean, I picked Andrade to win. Of course I did. Just, I try and just evaluate the fighters straight up on where they are that, where I think they are that day and, and how they perform in their previous fights and everything. And I just really am stoked for this women's division. It's, um, it's becoming really well-rounded from top to bottom. And it's just really really neat to see people kind of moving up in in the rankings and taking a potential champion off her off her throne and she's and Valentina has been very dominant in in this division for the last several years and so I I like to see the movement um there's there's of course significantly less female fighters out there. And I think, um, you know, not to bring up things that, that Ty and I have talked about in the past, but I can't help, but bring up the fact that Ty and I, it, during previous podcasts have often talked about, you know, who's going to take whose place, because there's no one moving up through the division. The division is stagnant for the women. And so this is a really exciting thing for, for the, for this division and, you know, keep, keep pushing forward. It's been, it was fun. It was a great fight. Yeah. Especially with how the, like the flyweight division got started basically off of tough and the champion was obviously crowns during that time. But mm-hmm. you can kind of sense that even though a champion was crowned at that point, when Valentina entered that division, it was pretty much hers for the taking. It's like mm-hmm. there was pretty much going to be no one that was going to stop her. But now that we know that there's going to be someone there that could potentially threaten her, like I've said a couple times, like I feel like there were a few fighters before then that could stop. Valentina Shevchenko and I obviously have been proven wrong multiple times Talia Santos did get close with the split decision but I think Blanchfield has all the tools as of right now to take that title away from Valentina Mm -hmm. yeah I think so too I mean Valentina has to get past Grosso I mean I I personally think that's not going to you know that's a tough matchup as well but i do think she gets it done so hopefully we get the valentina versus uh aaron blanchard fight that we all want so mm-hmm. geez actually that fight is next saturday yep. so that's going to be very interesting so we'll know a little bit more where the flight women's flyweight division goes from there um i mean we'll we'll make our picks next week when it comes to it but be interesting to see what everyone says about the Grasso and Shevchenko fight. We need Aaron Blanchfield in the first row that Saturday <laughs> after the fight. They put the camera on her, and you start that promo right there. I mean, someone someone has a little crush on Aaron Blanchfield. I <laughs> don't 
Well, is I, I was talking in more of the aspect of starting the promo from right there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding uh, you. If we are going to go down that route, I mean, he's not a bad looking fighter either. I mean, we're going to start talking about that either. So I'm not just going to be a douche and say, oh, yeah, no, she's terrible. So. <laughs> I've never actually thought of you as a douche, so that's good to clarify. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jeez, it's only been the third episode that Gordon's been on, and Laurel's already like roasting him about his likes. Oh my goodness gracious! Hey. I wasn't a roast. Just we have to have fun here. I have yeah. been I've I've been in a meeting with all men this week. It's it's it's. <laughs> this this my whole life right now is just really fluid with man jokes <laughs> Fair enough. terrible geez the meeting with all those guys and then you have to be with two guys on a podcast and that later on that <laughs> night surrounded by you fuckers <laughs> <laughs> no escape no escape no escape um, but before we do dive into more of the main card um how would we upgrade UFC Vegas 69? Nice. I, I got to go with a solid B mm-hmm. plus maybe. Okay. I mean, I really liked the, the main event, of course, um, but there were some other disappointing aspects of, of the card. <laughs> <laughs> That's um oh what's the word I'm trying to think of. Um that's understatement of the year. It, it could be. I I'm I'm going the B the B plus because of the main event. Okay. Basically. And that's all I'm I'm getting giving. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a C plus. I mean, and that's a large part of the main event. But this the fight card was I don't think that was that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid B. Um, the prelims were interesting because I got to see a couple of those. But yeah. the main card, except for the main event, was just so bland. Uh, too many, too many, like like what we say on the podcast, never let the fight, uh, never let the decision get in the hands of the judges. And four of those five fights all went to decision. And actually, really, I think maybe two or three of them but I would say maybe two of those main event cards, sorry, main card fights were really, really boring. I mean, I mean we, we all want to say it. it was William Knight. I mean, it was, it was terrible. It, it, it really, it really was, honestly. I, I, I said during the middle of that fight, have you even UFC'd before? <laughs> like, do, do you even train? <laughs> rocking terrible it, it, it reminds and i'll touch up on this a little bit because two fighters on this main card actually end up getting um their contract expired or they were released from the ufc but yeah. william knight man the guy had so much potential but to have him like to see that kind of performance over 15 minutes was god awful it was hideous yeah, I don't know if something happened to him mentally before the fight or, you know, something had to have happened. There's no way 
you go into a fight and you perform like that for 15 minutes. Right. It's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think where else. So, yeah, it, it was just bizarre. Um, We'll do a quick rundown. Hernandez defeated Jim Miller, which I was, I mean, not too surprised, but it seemed pretty... I think I saw like some scorecard said 30-27. I saw it more of like a 29-28. So I'm not sure. What are, what are, what are our thoughts about the Hernandez-Miller fight? I mean, I had it 29-28, but I know two judges saw it 30-27. Hmm. I mean, I, I even had Hernandez winning, but I didn't have him winning all three rounds. I think that was a little too much. Right. But, man, I thought some of the MMA fans and the community on social media thought that Jim Miller won, which, you know, was kind yeah. of controversial. So I was, didn't get that much, but thought That's Hernandez cool. won this. <laughs> Let's see. Um, what are your thoughts? Get your jits on. Eh. <laughs> Fair enough. I think Jim Miller should retire. Well, the thing is that he says he's not going to retire until after UFC 300, so. Yeah, that's yeah. a mistake. <laughs> oh, granted, UFC 300 is only about a year away, so. Well, that's true. He could fight, like, one more time, and that would be it. Yeah. So he's fought once this year, like, maybe, I'd probably say maybe one or two more fights left. One yeah. or two more fights seem reasonable. Yeah. 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 He he actually he, and he's been in the UFC for so long. I think he's like, I think that was his forty first fight on Saturday. So, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at some point in time, yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> let it go. Yeah, has he have been has he been cl- at least close to fighting for the title, or has he just been more of like a middle of the pack? I've always thought of him as middle of the pack. I don't remember a time where he's close to fighting for a title shot. Mm-hmm. I can't eat. I can't actually remember a time where remember the last time Jim Miller was even in the co-main or main event. Right. Yeah. I can't think of one time either. <laughs> which is sad. Um, won't touch up much on the Parisio-William Knight fight because that fight was, as we already discussed, was really bad. Um, Jamal Pogues defeating Josh Parisian via UD. That one, another one that didn't really entertain me that much, but also wasn't that surprising with the result. I mean, get these heavyweight decisions out of the main card. Please. <laughs> They're bad. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Right. Josh Prerogian was a freaking disappointment. He's had better fights than than what he put up against Jamal Pogues. But, I mean, if I just wanted two dudes to go at it and slug it out and for 15 minutes, then... Yeah, put him in the prelims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not in the main card. Right. I feel like there were probably some, I feel like some of the prelim fights were probably, I feel like I would have probably put those more on the main card than. Yeah. AJ I, Fletcher. 
Exactly. Yep. Like that was probably one of the most, not ill-advised, but one of the poorly constructed cards I'd ever seen as far as like placement. Like you had, um, like you said, AJ Fletcher in the prelims, you had um, two ranked female fighters fighting in the prelims, um, which was a real disappointment. Um, Nazim and Evan Elder, that was, I think they said that was fight of the night and that was the featured prelim. Yeah. Put that on the main card instead of these heavyweight decision fest fighters. It's a trend though, right? They're putting they're putting together poorly poor uh, they're the non-paper non-pay-per-view events have been getting worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the pay-per-view events a lot of times aren't much better. But they're they're better though. Mm-hmm. So especially this year especially this year. And so they're just, they're going to force everybody if they want to watch the good fights to, to pay for them and then just slowly kind of use up everybody else on fight nights. Yeah. Sad. Well sad, but, sad, but true. Which is why still to this day, I will say that I think Bellator puts together better matchups with better and better fighters than the UFC has in the last five years. I agree with that. Well, oh, well, maybe, uh, I had to, I, I to think on the year. I, I had to think. I had to think of the yearly amount, but around that time, yeah, I would probably agree with that. Maybe I would definitely say with like within the last maybe two years. Bell Tours yeah. put better cards together. But I uh, see, I honestly think that, especially when we were dealing with the whole world shutting down and the UFC was like one of the first sporting events to come back, I think that drew a lot of fans in. And now that they're stuck, it's just like, okay, now we don't. <laughs> no lack of effort towards sean shelby dana white and everyone but now that they've drawn people in don't have to put in much work the only way that i can minimally respect what what's happening if this is the case is if those pay-per-view monies are going to increase fighter pay then i can halfway respect that Mm -hmm. if it's not though then you're you i don't even know what to say to it but if it's not then what's the point right really is no point what i mean fighter pay i think is important because most of these guys have two jobs you know they have a job and then they have a gym life and Mm -hmm. and they gotta pay everyone too but Uh, Uh, I think I we I'm not sure how long ago we I think this was before Jordan came on when Ryan Bader defended his belt Mm -hmm. that Bader had mentioned that he gets paid close to like tenfold the amount that the UFC paid him which I was like wow 
if it's really that I, I, okay maybe it wasn't tenfold but it was like something like definitely significantly high and that kind of tells you the difference between how bellator values their fighters versus how the ufc values their fighters a hundred percent 100 percent. yep um sorry i went off on a little bit of a tangent there but um the co-main event i mean i guess it was okay because the co-main event also wasn't anything special although i yeah. didn't realize that zach palga was um he worked with the denver broncos strength and conditioning coach hmm. which i thought that was pretty cool and he's got the foot jordan's got the football already oh my gosh that's a beautiful football it's beautiful. <laughs> i appreciate it but uh jordan right i mean wow what a fall off this guy has been the yeah, last yeah. four fights on a four fight losing streak and then gets cut from the ufc that's uh pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I do hope he does go to like a uh, Bellator or a PFL and he builds himself back up. Oh, I I definitely think one of those two promotions would take him. No, no doubt about it. If I'm PFL, I'm pushing hard for a Jordan Wright. Oh yeah, definitely PFL. I think PFL is like really starting to make their ascent up. Um, Bellator's progressed really well over the past couple of years, and I think PFL is making their way up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then, of course, we had the main events, which, um, oh, let me ask you this question get your jits on. Um, I saw something that had said that Jessica Andrade, um, she said she didn't excuse it by any means necessary. But the reason, not the reason for her loss, um, that her gear, that her Venom gear was messing up. And before uh, Blanchfield locked in the submission, that she had felt her come out. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I saw a man fight with one ball sack pinched outside of his underwear for a whole entire round it's not an excuse Mm -hmm. i i mean can you be self-conscious about it sure should you lose because of it or even have that enter the equation no I mean, we've all had embarrassing moments if, when something's been hanging out. Mm-hmm. I didn't like crash my car because of it. You know, I mean, then that's that's an overreaction. But I, I think it's silly to say that. I think that for me, the way I look at it, like if you if you lose to, to someone in a league like you're in, like like they're in right now, then just say you lost. I wasn't as prepared. I could have done this differently. It, it's not about your wardrobe. No one no one cares what you're wearing, and no one's like. Well, and let me make this comment too. I saw on Twitter, on accident. Oh, Before boy. I blocked this person, oh boy, a photo of her 
hanging out on the below, not the above, the below. If you are going to put yourself out there, which is fine, you do you, don't fucking come on and blame your wardrobe for your loss. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Don't do it. I'll actually point this out too. Um, I'm not sure how long ago this was, but when Lauren Murphy was making her send up towards the title, um, she fought someone like last minute. Um, and due to like a strike that this person threw, Lauren Murphy had well, uh, <laughs> Lauren Murphy had a wardrobe malfunction, but she still ended up correcting it and went on to win the fight. So yeah, correct it and move on. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're getting choked, don't correct it at that moment. Right. Defend yourself. Yeah, think but, but still, again, if you're going to if you're going to advertise yourself for all the world to see for more clicks, then don't come over in the interview after you lose and say, well, I was hanging out. My butt was hanging out. No one cares. Um, Andrade says that the um, wardrobe, malfunction, wardrobe malfunction happened um, during the takedown before Blanchfield landed the submission. So I still, yeah, I still. So no one saw it anyway? Yeah, <laughs> apparently people are, people are like, oh, we're going to go go back and look at this. But apparently from what a lot of people have said on Twitter, they didn't see anything. Yeah. I mean, is she that good that we're starting to make up stuff? Right. <laughs> no, seriously. All we, have, all we have to do in that situation, just just Gondraj, just admit Aaron Blanchfield's the real deal. Listen, Janet Jackson's boob fell out at the Super Bowl. Did she stop singing? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, in her defense, it was the end of the song, so she could have... But if she had, if that the song had continued, it'd be interesting to see if she had kept singing. Well, you know, again. I'm just uh, astonished that it's gotten to a point that, you know, on Josh and, well, not other fighters because she's the only one, but blaming other stuff for the loss. Kind yeah. Of as, uh, I guess how good Blanchfield is. Mm -hmm. It's like when I heard that she had said something about that being the reason the loss, I'm like, oh my gosh, stop me if you heard someone make an excuse for a loss before. Before we move on from this card, mm -hmm. I, will, I would say I am here to make a bold predi uh, prediction. And uh, I would just like to, yeah, on the record. Um, I did say that uh, I I would I am having her beat Valentina for the for the title. I've said that multiple times already, but I will say that her ceiling in the UFC and in MMA in general, her ceiling is a two division champ. Ooh, and her floor is what she is right now—a top three, top one contender in the flyweight division. That's a pretty great career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I fully believe she could become a two division champ. She's only 23. She's only gonna get better. And 
she is good. I just, I'm just saying, she has a very good chance in being a two division champ. Aaron Blanchfield is what Macy Barber strived to be, but couldn't. Correct. 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 Not only does she have the skills, she has the confidence. Mm-hmm. She has the demeanor. She has everything the UFC would want in the next female superstar. Because they've been trying to look for one. Because Valentina right now, even though she's still the superstar that she is, sooner or later, she's going to be slowly getting out of the UFC. Who knows what's happening with Amanda Nunez. But she'll always be the star power that she is. But eventually, she's going to be on her way out. Really, there is no one right now that can carry women in the UFC as a total. Remember, there was Ronda Rousey. Uh, I would even say Rose Namajunas at, at one point, even though her last fight, people have really taken a toll on that. But they need a, someone to spark up those divisions. And I think fighters like Aaron Blanchfield can, especially with her talent and her demeanor. You heard it here on the pod. <laughs> yes, you did. You Jordan, actually, Jordan actually brings up a really good point because both Shevchenko and Nunez are 34 years old. Yes. So they're, I think Shevchenko is maybe two, two months older, I think. So they're, they're definitely not going to be around. I, I know Nunez has, I don't know if Nunez has talked about it, but there have been rumblings that she eventually like wants to settle like wants to settle down with her family uh nina mm-hmm. and everyone so and nunez i feel like has accomplished so much already like it, it pretty much whenever they she signs to fight it's just like a not a what else is there to prove but it's just more like let's just see if she can like build on her resume a little bit before she calls it a career Shevchenko, the only thing that she hasn't done yet is become a two-division champion. So that mm-hmm. could be something that she still strives for. But then Shevchenko, I think, has been training since she was like three years old or something like that. So having to train for 30 years, like it's going to depend on what she wants to do. And I think, especially with this near loss to Talia Santos last summer, Jordan may be right in that her time could be coming very shortly. And I know, I know, I know Shevchenko fans are not going to want to hear it, but search your feelings. You know it to be true. Yep. I'll just miss the dancing. Yeah, the dancing's fun. I'll give, I'll give her that. Dancing's fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Laurel, do you want to update us on the standings? And and with the standings, with the standings, can we eliminate the William Knight? prediction i mean (laughs) we this card was interesting we each had three wins and two losses so we all went four and one because didn't we all pick william knight Uh -uh. uh-uh no no. i did not (laughs) we shouldn't count that fight i mean in order for that thing to count so two people need a fight and there was only one person fighting in that fight the score the current scores are um i am a six and three 
Jordan is four and five and Ty is five and four. <laughs> if if the if the pod people could see us now, <laughs> I can tell that Jordan's a competitor and he's really distressed. <laughs> but this is it's a long season, Jordan. It's a long, you know, I think yeah. Ty and I had like 50 different lead changes until I started smoking them in the end. <laughs> but I don't have that, I don't have this I I don't have this kind of confidence this year though. I don't have I don't have confidence. I'm just going to I'm just going to pick not with my heart but what with what my brain says and occasionally frequently actually it's wrong. So I mean, I don't think it's even that for me. I just think if you need two fighters to fight in a fight in order for it to count. <laughs> no take backsies. So. <laughs> well, there's a good chance to catch up because there are six fights on this main card this week. Yeah, and they're a clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like boop, boop. <laughs> oh, good fight. Boop. Decent fight. Okay. Eh. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, the fight that I'm most looking forward to is Suarez and De La Rosa. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that Tatiana is just a, such a badass. Yeah. She's like the the little like Chucky doll. You rip off their arm and they just keep coming at you. <laughs> That's what she reminds me of. She's badass. A lot of people compare Tatiana Suarez as the female Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see how three and a half years out of the octagon will do for uh, her. Yeah, yeah. Although I think it was smart that she moved up the flyweight and <laughs> didn't get like a top tier opponent right away. Get herself a chance to um get the ring rust, or I should say, the octagon rust off. A lot of that's just a mindset. It is a lot of a mindset. And I've never seen her come into a battle without the proper mindset. So, Mm-mm. but either way. All right. So, all right, our, let's go. All right. First fight is Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. Never heard of Trevor Peak. I think this is his UFC debut. If I'm is this a new fight? What? Um, this might have just been added like this week at some point. No. Unless it changed. I can double check real quick. Um, hold the phone. The first spot I have is Malot, Malot and Lainez. Johan Lainez, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did it just, did it move to a five fight card now? Uh, No, it's it's yes it's five uh gonzalez and peak are have been moved to the prelims really all right then that changes everything so mm-hmm. one two three four five. well son of a gun you guys are right wait hold on wait a second oh wow yeah it got put, bumped all the way down to the first fight of the night all right yeah. All right, scrap that then. Then we'll go scratch with. It. So let me find my pen and scratch that out. Uh, you, you guys go ahead and start off with Mike Mallets versus Johan Lanis. Hmm. 
We have two strikers. And I think Mike Mallott's going to win. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best I can do with these guys. <laughs> well, actually, this is actually the fight I'm looking forward most. Uh, I do like uh, Mike Mallott. I do think he's going to win. Uh, he will get the knockout. Um, I think he's very good. Um, I just think the more and more he gets in the octagon and gets more experience, he's going to climb his way up to top 15. Um, so I got Mike Milan a knockout finish. Nice. Yeah, he is a, he is a great striker. Very powerful, very accurate. Um, I just I can't say the same for Linace. He's one of those square boxers, and I don't like that. There's too yeah. much exposure, not enough power through the hip. Same. Yeah, I'm also going mallet as well, and I'm going to go second round TKO. Um, just because I want to see, like, I I know a little bit about Matt Malat um, because of his, I think it was like a knockout victory over Mickey Gall not too long ago. Yep. And Lanise, like, you, you said you were there? That's Jacksonville, 273. Okay, yeah, so that was last year, yep. And I did see Mickey Gall's poor family right next to me. Just really? in oh. tears. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a story. That is a story. She's good. I don't like imagine? it when people cry. I just can't imagine, like, just enjoying yourself, and then all of a sudden you're sitting next to the family of a person that's fighting in the octagon, and they lose that badly. Well, it wasn't really much the father. Father was fine. He knew what his son got into. Uh, it was more like the the siblings, uh, especially they were younger. Not the kids. Yeah. Oh, see, this is this is why I would until if I ever had a career in mixed martial arts and I ever had a family, I would not let my kids attend until they were at least like sixteen. And it's Maybe. not like Mickey Gall, you know, went to a decision and lost. He got brutally knocked off like oh, wow. i remember that uh-huh rough all right so we're all picking mallets yeah yep. like a lot right. for the win all right um laurel you cover this next one since it is the fight <clears throat> we were just talking about not too long ago yeah so um i think what it boils down to is i don't really see a clear path for Della rosa to win win this fight if tatiana comes in like she like previous fights uh she's when i she's kind of a mental mental warrior for me i think she's always seems very well prepared and and uh i i i want suarez to win so i'm picking her to win um, I think that she's just going to overpower De La Rosa. Uh, is this fight at flyweight? Um, this, yes, it this, is. Yeah. All right. Well, for some reason, I'm looking at the UFC uh, website right here. And uh, for some reason, they have her weighing in at uh, 115 here. Uh Tatiana Suarez was originally a straw weight, but she did bump up to flyweight. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I was saying. I thought, I mean, they would put her weight at 125 now, but. Oh, I, maybe they haven't made that change yet. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think they've cha- made, made the change yet. These look like old stats. Yeah, I was about to say, 
But yeah. I mean, now, since we're mentioning that she's not going to fly weight, she's going to be stronger, more mm-hmm. fresh and hydrated, and that plays a major factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Laura mentioned all the key points in Suarez winning this. Yeah. Yep. I'll just say, if it goes to the ground, it's over. And I feel like it's going to go to the ground. Um, I would be surprised. Well, I, I'll I'll give um <clears throat> I'll give De La Rosa maybe a round just because Suarez has to, you know, get used to being back in the octagon, which I know some of it's mental, some of it is physical. Um I will just be surprised at this fight. I, I won't I won't be too surprised if it goes to decision, but I just don't see especially if Suarez can get it to the ground, I just don't see any possible way that this fight goes to the judges. Yeah, I don't. I see a submission, but what do I know? No, I, I, I have Suarez by submission as well. Put me down for that as well. All right. Um... Next up is Augusto Sagai versus Dante Mays. Want to start us off, Jordan? Another main card heavyweight. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, no, I was going actually back and forth on this. Uh, the uh, mm-hmm. odds kind of have it uh, close. And uh, I found that interesting because, uh, you know, odds are determined by you know, who's getting more of the money and stuff. And, you know, Dante Mays is going to be the taller. He's going to have the the longer reach. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I do I do think Augusto Sakai does have the experience. But at this point, his experience is going to help, especially when you're a heavyweight, when one punch can determine the whole fight. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows, to be honest? Um but with all that being said, I'll go with uh, the underdog on this one. I'll go with Dante Mays getting it done. All right. I'm going to go Augusto Sakai, Sakai here. Um, I mean, like like you said earlier, like main, main event heavyweight fights, not main event, main card heavyweight fights, just un- unless it's like top 10 top 15 just it just doesn't work any like for me it's just like eh. unless something incredible happens but so far with these unranked heavyweight fighters hasn't happened a whole lot but i do think sakai does i think sakai does get a finish i just am not sure it it definitely won't be submission i think it'll be like ko or tko just don't know what round that'll be if it if this fight does go to decision i will officially put in my petition to no longer have unranked heavyweight fighters on the main card if it, <laughs> if it goes to decision this fight should not count it should not count <laughs> yeah 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 i've looked at sakai and some of his fights and he's he's a brawler the the dude is a straight up brawler um but he's not a very good defender. And because of that, he really got smoked by Tuivasa. 
uh, when with their last fight. And but one thing that I noticed about Sakai's fighting style and the reason that he even hung in there with Tui Vasa for a little bit is the number of high vol. He's he's a high volume striker, right? Mm-hmm. And so Mays. <clears throat> I feel like is more of a cautious fighter. Um, he doesn't defend himself well against high, uh, high uh, strikers that have throw a high volume of, of punches, and he doesn't do well if they're close. Um, he just he can't uh, retract his his long arms to get to get strikes in, and he really um, because I, he he's a good good puncher but the one thing that doesn't help him in these situations is that he doesn't step out and rotate to cut off the angle and get a better angle to return the strike and so i i kind of dotted lined sakai because i think that if sakai goes in there and fights maze with the strategy that he did with tuivasa then he he might beat he might beat Mays, and that's the only reason. <laughs> so this is the fight that separates all of us from the records. <laughs> it's a big fight. It's a big fight. I think it's an interesting fight. Mm-hmm. You have two <laughs> two different fighting styles here. Yeah. Um. Oh, and at this point, we should just make Jacksonville or Florida like the fight capital, the fight state of the world, seeing how Jordan has been to almost every one of these fights that we've mentioned tonight. So, please, please, Jacksonville, because it seems like Miami is way too expensive to go, even though I'll still be there. But uh, I might not eat food for a couple weeks. So, (laughs) oh no, that sounds hideous. Yeah. All right, so our co-main event is between Andre Muniz versus Brandon Allen, which this one actually could be a very interesting one. Um, Andre Muniz is, I remember him as the fighter. I think he, I don't know if he separated the shoulder or if he broke Jack Ray's uh, arm. And I think that was one of Jack Ray's last fights in the UFC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Brandon Allen, who is a, beast in his own at he's times. like a squirrel on crack what's that he's he's a squirrel on crack oh gosh <laughs> um this one i'm going with um this one actually I really went back and forth with because it could really go either way um Munez has been really surprising lately especially with his submission game is really good and he's been beating like these high level fighters um but I think Brendan Allen can make it interesting. But with all that said, I am gonna go Muniz. Um, I think it's I think this might be one of the more competitive fights of the night of the card. I wouldn't be surprised if that fight was fight of the night. Yeah, the the odds are in favor of uh Andre Muniz uh pretty pretty heavily. I, I thought this uh this fight will be a little bit more of like of a pick em. I mean, I just have so much respect for Brandon Allen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Brandon Allen. I like his style. Um, I do think he's going to be a problem in the near future. Um, 
But I do, Andre uh, Muniz is a, is a problem. He is a really, really good. So I think he gets it done. Yeah, I was leaning towards him as well. I, I do like Brandon Allen. I like his fighting style at times, though. I think he's a, a little bit reckless. And I think that he takes a lot of damage. And that's maybe that's a fine strategy um, amongst those those lower ranks. But once you start kind of creeping up in your respective division, it's it gets more difficult to to have that kind of fighting strategy. So, um, yeah, I, I was going to do Muniz as well. I, I waffled on it a little bit today, just thinking about it. But I, the one thing that I'd like to see though with Muniz is I would like to see him. I would like his punches to have a little bit more power and a, just a tiny bit more accuracy because, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that will be important uh, for this Allen fight. Um, because Allen is, I don't know. I, I want to, I always say squirrel on crack because he's, he bounces around a lot so, and that's, that's hard to hit. Mm -hmm. But I think Muniz will get it done. Nice. All right. All right. Now we've gone to the main event. Uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Oof. This is going to be an interesting one. Um, I don't know. There's not... Krylov... I mean, it's, it's going to depend on what Krylov shows up at the tape... Uh, shows up in the octagon... And also could make an argument for which Ryan Span shows up on the in the octagon as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just make it short and sweet. I'm actually going to go Krilov here because I think he has the skill set to avoid Span's knockout power. And I think I don't know if this is Span or someone else. So if I'm wrong, either one of you two mention it or someone else mentioned it that listens to this podcast which i highly doubt there are going to be any um span tends to gas out a bit yeah if i'm not mistaken he he can't seem to finish mm -hmm. well he uh, he can just he needs to do it like within the first round or two otherwise right but he'll knock a die down and then go to ground and pound and not be able to finish that mm -hmm. i mean he he misses opportunities Right. In, in my mind, um, I think Krylov is the, the the busier grappler of the two, um, and I think this fight will end up on the ground. I'm picking Krylov to win. All right. Looks like we have the same picks because I'm going Krylov. With uh, without telling me, I think Ryan Span. I think his last four fights, five fights. Actually, I have it here. One, two, three. Yeah, his last five fights have been all first round. Really, if he doesn't get it done in the first round, it doesn't look good for him. Krylov really doesn't get hit much. Uh, he's gonna have like a smart approach to this fight as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think Krylov gets it done. All right. All right, that covers UFC Vegas 70. Nope. And 
before we get into our um makeshift and main news, can we please stop having fights at the apex? <laughs> like we need to like a wish list for Dana White. Mm-hmm. Like Dana, this is this is what we wish you would stop doing. Yeah. <laughs> fights at the apex, fights at midnight, pay per views. That's it. <laughs> and pay per views. Three. <laughs> They can just end the apex fights i'll be i don't mind them going back every now and then but like man you've, you've exhausted the apex just what what's your problem with the apex i don't get it. it it's not so much a problem with it it's just that especially with the world opening up more now you would think that the ufc would and actually here's the thing that i know dana would love would absolutely love the reason why he should end the apex when there are fights the apex there's barely a crowd there's no fan there's almost no fans it's really like for exclusive only people sorry i should say exclusive only i guess members or something along those lines um they don't open it very much for the fans either so you're kind of losing money not having fans there if he's big on getting that revenue in go to other stadiums where you can get multiple people i'm pretty sure you can probably fill a whole stadium full of fans that will watch a ufc fight night card or a pay-per-view as as a matter of fact that's one big issue i i do not watch wrestling but every time i turn it to wrestling like ww what is it f now E. e whatever it is, how are there thousands upon thousands of people there? Because there's millions and millions of rock fans. Just, the, it's The Rock? No. Does was, The was, Rock it, even it, wrestle it, anymore? It, it, it was a joke. Oh, okay. Sorry. Didn't get it. So- <laughs> but I do agree, though. They, they do have to get out of the apex. Like, mm. you got to have these fighters exposed to fans you gotta i mean that's also how they can market themselves too so mm-hmm. exactly whether you put it in a small town in oklahoma or wherever i don't know small markets like that iowa north dakota south dakota like places up there that's mm-hmm. usually what why they do fight nights too they try to go to those small markets to bring mm-hmm. the ufc there get it more you know popular in that area and you know i I think they should i mean i think the fights are always better with the crowd anyway so oh yeah i mean i can understand like for the first year year and a half maybe even two years um having an apex having smaller crowds because of everything else going on but it's 2023 now like i I think it's and i take I, i say this as i tread very lightly in a sense but like you said expose the fans to fighters like you can go to a fight night put some fighters together like maybe not a lot of people know about they go to those fights and see them in person like oh like this guy seems like he'll be this guy or this gal will seem like gal that's this male or female fighter seems like they'll have a good career they'll do their research maybe follow them on their social media 
And there you go. You got a little bit of a following of the fan base. But if you're going to have people, if you're going to have almost every fight night at the apex, like you're not really selling your fighters in that sense, as far as like live performance goes. And I don't know if you want to transition to this because it kind of all connects with each other, but like the MMA news that it's been coming out recently with fight announcements, Sergey Pavlovich is going to fight Curtis Blades in a main event, April 22nd. It's a UFC fight night that has to be in a crowd and not the apex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, that fight has to be in front of a crowd, especially two heavyweights are guaranteed to finish. It's not going to be a boring 25-minute decision, you know? Right. And also, with another recent matchup, I got announced uh, Edmund Shabazian and versus Anthony Hernandez on May 20th. That can also be a very good UFC fight night card. Uh, mm-hmm. Not main event, but, you know, a fight on a UFC fight night card. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these fights need to be in front of, you know, crowds. Yeah. Um, going to lose your fan base if you if you can't have it. If you can't go to reasonably priced live events and then put all your good fights on pay-per-views, you're going to lose your fan base. Like they, they did such a good job during COVID of getting those fights on TV. And they, I, mm-hmm. I haven't ever looked up the stats and I don't know if there's any stats, but you, I got to wonder like how many followers did they gain during that time? Because people could see it mm-hmm. and now it's, it's limited and it's, the price has gone up and you just can't do it. You can't. That's that's not a sustainable, uh, what do you want to call it? A sustainable market. Mm-hmm. No, not a sustainable market. No, I think that but sounds about right. It's not a sustainable strategy. Yeah. It's not a long-term strategy. I'm going to propose a challenge for Jordan. If you are able to go to the press conference in Miami and you're able to ask a question, Ask Dana White, and if if it hasn't been resolved by then, when are you moving fights out of the Apex and into other um, locations, other venues, locations? I will. If I do get the opportunity and a verdict uh, and I work something out to uh, get into the press conference and maybe ask a question, uh, that will be uh, one of my questions. And then I also have to ask my Cuban brother, or a Masvidal question too. So of course. Oh yes, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> um. So since we transitioned a little bit in May news, before we go, there wasn't a whole lot of May news that popped up. So I figure we would each go around the horn and pick one fight that has been, I would say, announced. Um, because some of these fights have been like announced or fighters have verbally agreed upon but haven't signed contracts so any fight that you have seen so far that has been announced between now and whenever which fight are you most excited about what that's too hard this is like (laughs) there's months and months of fights (laughs) i mean recently i can name one uh i am returned for the uh I'm excited for the return of Charles Oliveira 
against Benia Dariush at UFC 288. Mm-hmm. On his quest back to the lightweight title. Very well could be. Especially since um, Islam's mom wants him to retire now that he's champion. I heard that. Um, trying to think of a good one here. I know a lot of fans are excited that uh, Mackenzie Dern is coming back and she's mm-hmm. fighting Angela Hill. Yeah, that was a good. That's a good one. Um, here, let me see. Yeah. I would say that one fight that I'm most excited about. Um, actually, no. Let me hold that thought for a second. Let me just make sure. Can we wanna... pick a card? How about a card? Yeah, we should be able to pick a card. Yeah, you can go a card. Well, I mean, obviously UFC two eighty seven. Two eighty seven. Yep. Because you know, Izzy Adesanya is still one of my remaining live chickens. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. But then you're like Burns and Masvidal, Fontanez. Kevin Holland. Mm-hmm. I mean, the middleweights, Chris Curtis and Kevin Gastelum, which yep. is my favorite division. That's a good Joe one. Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer returns. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good shit. Oh, here's one fight that was announced today. Um, this one actually be very interesting. Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Vanessa. Demopolis, help me out, Jordan, with that one. Demopolis, polius, something like that. Well, I'm not gonna. I, I, ca- I call her the um, the lady that does the crazy poses with the um, <laughs> ring ring octagon interviewer. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's Demopolis. Demopolis, okay. Demopolis. Oh. All right, Demopolis. Something like that. I've, I've heard them pronounce it like that. Yeah. I'm usually good at pronouncing names, but to be honest, <laughs> I haven't heard uh, her name in a while. So, yeah. You are really good, and I'm really good at butchering them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our talents. <laughs> oh, there's also uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Verna Janarobia. Which yeah. is going to be on the May sixth card, May sixth pay per view card. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, thank you. Um, there was there was one big one that was announced. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, For females or males? I think it was a male one that I saw. Oh, oh yeah, here Jones and well, Gone. What's that? Jones and Gone. Well, that one was kind of a given uh, but here's one that was announced i think right after we left last week uh chris barnett versus chase sherman that's gonna oh, be yeah. on the on the 287 card that's yep. a stacked card yep i'm getting all 500 dollars worth of it <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can start a gofundme for you i mean that would be awesome i get the tickets tomorrow so Oh, yeah, that's right. They do go on sale tomorrow, don't they? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm nervous (laughs) for you. My bank account is nervous for me. 
<laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, they announced that uh, the Sergei Pavlovich and Curtis Blades card that was just mentioned, that is going to headline the tw- uh, April 22nd card. Hopefully okay. in a location with mm-hmm. seats so fans can go. Yes. And that one could Jersey, possibly be... Orlando. <laughs> well... Let's see. So even the it's been the Jacksonville. It's been has UFC's been to Tampa Bay, right? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I know they've been to Miami. Uh, almost. It's actually going to be I think twenty years to the date when they come back to Miami. Oh wow. Um, they've been obviously to Orlando, Jacksonville, and they've been to Sunrise, which is where the Florida Panthers play. Yeah, it's basically. To summarize it a little bit, it's basically between Miami and Orlando, probably like Fall Lauderdale area. Okay. So generalize it for people who are not familiar with the area. Hmm. One recommendation I would say, if they're going to start opening up the world, bring a fight night card or some kind of fight card to Omaha and Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes. They haven't been in Philadelphia like I think I think it was March of 2019. So I think it was actually almost a year before the world shut down was the last time they were in Philly. So. The last one was Barboza versus Gaethje, and I was wow. there. I was there. That was a very good one. That was a very. I think like the last three fights for me on that. The last three fights on that main card were very interesting especially the Gaethje knockout of Barboza that was like I think I still have that um I still have a like a recording of the not a recording but a what's it called a video of when of the replay of when it happened huh. well I have the recording of uh Sergei Pavlovich uh knocking out Tai Tuivasa and off 30 seconds of the fight on my phone Oh, <laughs> I'm um, always happy when Tai Tuivasa gets knocked out because then I don't have to watch Shuey. I wish you would have done it that night. Would have been awesome. <laughs> well, I like the Shuey though. <laughs> oh, so gross. Yeah, yeah, Laurel didn't like it when I did the Shuey on Twitter. <laughs> I did. I did not. <laughs> but it, it was because my, I think it was like a friend in Australia. I was like, okay, oh no, the first time I did it was when Tuivasa knocked out Greg Hardy, and like, okay, that one is definitely worth a shoeing. I, I don't care what you have to say; that is worth a shoeing. To each their own. To each their own. <laughs> With that said, I think that is all we have for this evening. Well, nice seeing you both. Nice seeing you too. Likewise, likewise. I was like, except now um, Laurel was sideways. So I'm like, oh, now we get to see all sides of you. <laughs> I, was, I get tired of holding my phone. I li- I definitely like doing the pod on my computer better. That's Way to go. Yeah, I know. But sometimes I when we, I have to go back into the lodge and and communicate with the people, and I'd rather just 
stay in my room. Ew, you have to socialize. Socialize. It's terrible. Socializing is no fun. I better uh, have uh, a cookie. Uh, you rather what now? I better have a cookie when I'm out there. Oh, yeah. That'll help. If, if, if there's food at any social gathering, then it makes it a little bit better. I ate two bags of the sugar snap peas today. Healthy, nice. Yeah. That was my biggest food consumption for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, if anyone has any questions, comments, suggestions, anything along those lines, you can reach us at our podcast page at FKTC Pod. Or if you want to reach us individually, you can reach Laurel at Rain Dason. You can reach Jordan at J22 Lopez with two Zs. You can reach me, Ty, at TyFlyGuy15. But in the meantime, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks. Protect your necks from my throat cuddles. Always watch out for Jordan's flying knees. And what is our number one golden rule? Never leave the decision in the hands of the judges. Mm-mm. And on that note, we will see you all. Oh, Jones versus Gone is next weekend, isn't it? See, it's going by so quickly. The return yeah. of the goat. The return. <laughs> And so I guess since it is a pay-per-view fight, we should bring in a special guest. If the both of you are down for that. I'm down. Of course. Awesome. Um, So until then, we will see you all next week as we get ready for UFC 285, Jones versus Gone, and Shevchenko versus Grasso. Bye. Peace.